In this episode of the runningrestaurants.com podcast, I speak with Dave Fink, founder and CEO of Posty. We ask a very interesting question. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Jamie here from runningrestaurants.com. Everyone knows that for restaurants, large costs can pop up fast. Having convenient and fast finance solutions is what restaurants need. And that's why I want to tell you about Zinch. Zinch is a direct lender that makes financing fast and simple. Just fill out a quick online application and provide a copy of your four most recent bank statements and you can get approval within 24 hours. Right now, Zinch is waiving application fees for my listeners. That's a $250 value. So go to financingnetworks.com. That's financingnetworks.com. Loans made or arranged pursuant to a California finance lender's law license. All right, folks, uh, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you with Dave Fink, CEO and co-founder at Posty. Welcome, Dave. Let's start with what you guys do, and then we'll dig in from there. What you got? Oh, what do we do? You know, in um, the way we like to think about things in the most, you know, kind of uh, Broadway is we help businesses um, take control of their growth and more effectively source customers and um, build value from the customers they've worked so hard to acquire. We do that specifically um, solely focusing on how to leverage the direct mail marketing channel. So actual physical mail yep. um, through the U.S. Postal Service and um, reaching people in their households through their mailboxes. The Kind of the reason that that this is what we've been dedicating um, our focus on the last you know, six years has been that you know we grew up in the digital era and an age of um, of you know, internet marketing and the ability to build direct relationships with prospects and, and customers and understand how to target those customers and capture you know insights from that direct relationship. There were a lot of amazing things. We all kind of rode the coattails of Facebook and YouTube and Google. And fast forward, like anything, you know, those became the the 10,000 pound gorillas controlling the ad ecosystem, became really expensive, very competitive, hard to solely rely on digital for your growth. And when it became time to think about how do we apply 20 years, you know, two, really almost two and a half years or two and a half decades of quantitative, predictable, controlled um, growth strategies um, in the digital world and how do we go beyond that to um, diversify our, our marketing stack again, but not give up on all those amazing things like targeting and use mm -hmm. of data and measurement, insights, testing, optimization. Uh, we fell back into direct mail, which allows for all of those, those, those components and attributes there just wasn't really um, a technology layer. And so Posty brings that technology layer to get those the, the direct mail channel to behave like our favorite digital channels, making it possible to, to apply what we've worked so hard on over the last couple of decades um, to our omni-channel marketing. Yeah, well, there was a quote that I guess we'll go right there because you're kind of feeding right into it on your site that I, that I like that I definitely wanted to bring up. And it pretty much says direct mail is the best kept secret in marketing. I kind of thought that was funny because obviously uh, it's, it, it has moved away from being a, a, you know, a, pri a primary method. Whereas if we were to reset 20 years ago, it was definitely. And, and um, I echo that because I thought for a second when I read that, I said, well, when's the last darn time I got a postcard from a restaurant in the mail, which is what we talk about. So tell me, what, what do you think? 
I think you're, I think you're spot on. When I think back to 1999, 2000, when I um, uh, made my foray into the, 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 my first tech job, which was at a marketing technology company, many of the smartest executives in that company and just in the industry um, on the buy side and the sell side came from direct mail, um, direct response. It, it was kind of the original channel that, that could leverage data for prediction, could, um, you could you know, um, you know, measure. There were very smart quantitative marketers doing you know, A-B testing on creative and offers and segmentation. It was just a, a really um, kind of analog um, executional uh, process. It, it see a vendor's many, you know, employees necessary to do everything from sourcing paper and print to uh, procuring data and building models and then running measurement off of spreadsheets and all the campaign management off of PowerPoint and literally like white scratch paper, you know, and the internet came along and 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 showed us that you know technology could um, could accelerate the sophistication and the ability to test and learn, and there were ad servers like you know DoubleClick and Atlas that came on the scene, and that gave way to programmatic like the Trade Desk and DB360 and DataZoo, and the, just the acceleration of capabilities and and the results that you could you could capture um, leveraging technology and all these direct response tactics that originally started in in direct mail, um, you know I think motivated us as marketers to go deeper into digital and and we were okay with moving away from some of these more analog traditional channels because the efficiency wasn't there it was hard it was. Um, not as um, you know, tech enabled. We didn't have the same level of insights and, and speed to optimize and, and prediction. But when you look at you know all of those kind of capabilities, you know they, they really do fall into three different buckets. Um, in, in in how you know digital and programmatic and search and social have have um, you know armed us with you know becoming better marketers, savvier marketers, and that's it's it's the targeting. It's you know, automated execution and it's clean measurement. And when you put those three things together, there, there aren't that many offline channels that um, you can apply all three of them to, but direct mail is one of them. And so for, for us, it was really a question of, hey, you know, it's not possible to keep scaling Facebook and do so profitably or social profitably. It's, you know, search is as competitive as anything. You know, we can do a great job at a certain level of scale, but eventually you hit a ceiling and so when we looked, you know, offline and, and back to direct mail, you know, it really was this little secret, right? 20 years down the road, most people had never, you know, marketers who were in positions of power and authority had, had never played with direct mail. It, it just had been so many years since it was a dominant channel. But when you look at the kind of the, the size and scale of the channel, um, even though it may be used by fewer advertisers at scale right now, still a $50 billion a year space mm. sector here in the, in the U S alone. It is, you know, it is incredibly powerful. It never went away. It just became, you know, that companies that were built in a digital era did not think to go to direct mail first and didn't have that skill set. And so for me, yeah, the idea of, of, of it being, you know, uh, a kind of a, a hidden little secret is is absolutely true. It really is all about um, being able to engage your addressable audiences with the right message at the right time, the right frequency, and and all of a sudden now with with some innovation in in kind of the the tools to make it 
you know, execute more similarly to how you sit in front of an email server or an ad server programmatic platform um, brings it back to life. Yeah, I, I was writing down some notes there. I want to go to targeting for a second. And then I kind of want to go to like a use case for a restaurant. Like you can walk through an example of how, how it could work for whether it's a local indie or it could be a, a small franchise, whatever you want to go to. But, but that, so do, you can do them separately. You can, you can kind of attack either one you want. But I was thinking targeting and use case. Uh, take it where you want. Sure. Well, when you think about, you know, targeting, there, there are two core components to, to it. Um, you know, one is how do you know who you want to target? And we're in an age where there's more knowledge um, at the you know, advertiser brand level on and insights into who your best customers are than ever before. Right. Mm-hmm. There are, um, you know, there are CRMs and CDPs and POSs and every acronym you can think about that's helping you capture data. And that that's liquid gold. Right. Back back in, in you know, the you know, the there, you know, the pre-digital age, you know, the if you had a good hostess, right, or good host or a good um, set of servers, you know, you you had them engaging with your customers and building rapport and asking questions and and kind of understanding them um, anecdotally. Well, all that data um, is available by using some technology um, that most most yep companies are, are, are getting savvy about. So when you start with having all this data and understanding who, who your customers are, who your prospects are, that gives you a tremendous amount of advantage. So then it becomes a question of, well, what are the marketing strategies and channels that you can leverage to find more customers or prospects that look like your best customers? You know, what are the channels that can help you reactivate your, you know, your CRM, your, your existing customers that maybe are not um, thinking about you and your brand as as frequently as you wish they would, um, and and it, and that takes addressability. So on on the targeting side, it really is a matter of saying, hey, let's capture you know all these insights. Make sure that we have the ability to to to, to capture as much data as possible and understand who our customers are, understand their behaviors. And then let's let's bring that data and, and activate that, whether it's building lookalikes on Facebook or building lookalikes in direct mail, whether that's running remarketing campaigns through your email or through, you know, um, a retargeting, digital retargeting company, or whether that's doing the same, running the same strategies through direct mail, whether that's reactivating and staying in touch with your, your customer base through email and SMS or an app, or whether that's doing so through their mailbox um, and speaking to them through through direct mail. All those use cases are available in addressable channels, and we're used to them in digital. And and you know it's that's that's where we spent most of our time. But let's not forget that there are other channels out there that can um, let us you know uh, leverage the insights we're capturing on our own first party data, our knowledge on our customers, and activate those uh, through media channels. Do me a favor and just define lookalike audiences a little a little bit more. Folks have either heard it, very familiar with it, or not familiar with that term. How do you describe it, kind of? Yeah, it's one of those rare, I think, um, marketing terms. We, we like to complicate things and create uh, amazing, you know, names and terms and acronyms and sound sound very smart. But lookalikes is is just that. It's 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 the idea of taking a segment of your customer base that um, you've identified as high value. So it could be you know, 
high average order value customers, or it could be high frequent diners, um, could be part, you know, customers that have engaged in uh, a loyalty or VIP program. And you're identifying kind of putting, um, you know, some, um, you know, uh, some boundaries around that, that portion of your CRM and saying, these are really valuable customers. How do I go out and market to more people that look just like these customers, hence, hence lookalikes. And it, you know, the, the digital platforms, but Posty as well for direct mail allows you to take those audiences, integrate them with an ads platform. That ads platform has all sorts of you know, data and insights on the general US population and can find similarities between that CRM segment that you've identified as your best customer and those individuals in the US that look most similar to those customers. Right. Okay. And so now you have an audience that, that you feel confident doesn't necessarily mean that they will convert, but it does mean that, that hey, it, it's probably worth spending time and marketing budget trying to engage these individuals because when you do get them to convert, they should behave, the data suggests they'll behave more similarly to the customers that you're using as a training model, training set for, for that target. Yeah. The, the other word that I want to come back to, and, and I do want to go back to uh, examples in a second, but uh, reactivate. So to me, a restaurant, that's a very powerful thing. Customers been in, man, I feel like they've been here every, every once or twice a month for so long, but haven't seen them. Reactivating someone to come back is, is a big deal and a big opportunity. And I, I, think, I think about that uh, qu quite a bit. What about, um, how do you guys do it for, in this case, restaurants? Uh, how, is, it, is it a date? Obviously, you can get into some, as much specifics or as you want, but at the end of the day, you're finding out who they are, realizing they haven't been in, reactivating through a postcard that's landing in their message in their in their mailbox with an offer. Talk more about it. Sure. Well, look, every business is slightly different, um, but you know, there are a series of different marketing strategies that you can leverage to accomplish different goals. And so I think you need to kind of look inside mm -hmm. um, introspectively first and say, you know, who are our customers? What type of restaurant are we? Why, you know, why do you, you know, diners choose to, um, you know, to, to, you know, eat with us or why do they, why are they staying away? And, and, and then are there different, you know, reasons, meaning that not every diner is there for the same reason, you know, and you may be a restaurant that, um, you know, has a segment that comes because you have specialty dish, you may have, you may be an ethnic restaurant and, and there's a segment that comes because it, it, you know, flavors of, of, you know, of their home, right. They remember, um, you know, reminds them of where they, you know, kind of their, their background you could be a, a place that's higher end and, and um, caters to celebrations, birthdays, anniversaries, et cetera. Um, you know, what, you, once you kind of understand, you know, why, you know, your diners, your customers are engaging with you, that that's, you know, that's, I think, a, a really important and good place to start. Um, then you can start asking yourself questions like in each of these segments, you know, what's an ideal frequency? Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a segment of customer that you think should be coming back, you know, twice a month or, or weekly. It should just be, you know, more ritualistic. There might be a segment that it's, it's a once a year, twice a year special, um, you know, experience for them. If you can, you know, gain insights into those different segments and start thinking about, you know, what are the data points that you have? What are, what are the knowledge points that you have to, um, to help those customers form habits then 
then you can start mapping that to specific use cases. And, and I'll give you, I mean, we could be here for hours talking about lots of different use cases, but sure. a couple examples, um, I think in restaurants in particular, if you're somewhere um, in, you know, where there's a segment of your audience or your customer base that it's about special occasions. Well, if you're capturing, you know, when they dine, um, you know, what we call anniversary campaigns are really powerful. So every year, you know, the month leading up to that, that yeah. um, last time they dined, that probably, you know, a good guess that it's, it was for a birthday or for an anniversary or for a holiday or some celebration. And so why not remind them that, you know, that, and, and help them start thinking about, um, um, you know, your restaurant's part of their, their experience, their, their um, ritual, um, if, if it's a, a customer segment that come, that lives, you know, within a mile and, and you're one of the convenient um, locations for them, how do you, you know, maybe that's a segment you need to think about, in, you know, um, turning a ritual, you know, th those habits into a monthly dining habit or, or, you know, multiple times a month dining habit. Um, once you kind of, you know, understand what the, the, the game plan is, what your goal is, then you can start thinking about, should you be leveraging offers? Should you be, mm -hmm. um, should you be, you know, using more, you know, content and, and, you know, informative newsletters, but staying away from offers, introducing seasonal, um, you know, uh, fair or, um, you know, new menu items, or, um, I mean, look, I, you know, the, the scarcity works well as well. Mm -hmm. So when there's, you know, a seasonal, you know, option, you know, that the fact that, that, that's available for, you know, limited time can help motivate someone to, to, um, you know, activate, you know, to actual pick up the phone, make a reservation, go onto your website, et cetera. Um, so I, you know, the, the tactics, um, go on and on, but, but one thing I can tell you, um, you know, that we see with the, you know, from literally tens of thousands of, of reactivation campaigns is that, you got, you know, if you're trying to reactivate someone, or you're trying to change their behavior, get them to, to, you know, build habit, um, you know, change the frequency with which they engage with you, you, you have to cut through the noise and you have to, um, you have to, you know, fight to get some of their time. And, you know, the you know, digital ads serve a place, high frequency, low cost, like, that's great. But, you know, the, the flick of a thumb and, you know, you're past a, a newsfeed yeah. ad, right? Like that right. it's, it is rough. It is rough out there on, on digital and mobile ads, but, you know, a direct mail piece is, is something that feels very personal. It, you know, there's certainly, you know, I think less clutter out there um, at this point, it's a bit of a higher price point for, to reach each individual through mail, but the impact and the conversion rate, greatly offsets that cost, making it a, an ROI positive channel. And the, and the, the, I think the number one factor is that, you know, a well thought out, well designed, you know, um, personalized experience, you know, that reaches someone in their own home, like that's hard to replace that. Yeah. It's funny as you were, as you were talking there, uh, the one thing that hit, hit my mind in our, our, our world is I have, uh, I have a high school senior and a high school sophomore and uh, colleges have not lost the uh, the idea of of hitting you in the mailbox, and it's been it's been fascinating to get so much mail incoming for for our two students, and it is it is a lot more powerful because yeah we know these colleges exist, but you need to you need to go find them and to and to wade through that sea and it's the same thing same thing with restaurants we know you exist but but how do you remind me 
And when you send a beautiful brochure or postcard uh, with a call to action and a headline and things like this, man, it, it really, it really does jar it. And, and all, I don't have anything sitting here other than a thing from a, uh, from my, uh, my Subaru's a nice, nice postcard, but things like this, I mean, they just, um, they do, they cut, they cut through, they pause you. And I, we actually find it interesting to go to the mailbox these days for the long time. It was just, you, you hated it, but now it's like, what actually is in my mailbox? And, and, and you pay attention to it. Yeah. If you, you know, a couple thoughts, um, there. So, so one, um, you know, th there's this idea of the of intent-based marketing, which Google's cornered the you know cornered the market on, right? If if I'm in market for something, I'm gonna end up on on Google. I'll probably end up on Amazon. And I'm gonna do searching. I'm gonna look for product reviews. I'm gonna look for content. I'll end up on YouTube if it's a a category, a passion category, a hobby of the day, you know, and and spend lots of times watching videos and review videos and whatnot. Um, but but most brands don't have the luxury of of growing just from intent, waiting for someone to come and seek you out. You, you have to go and, and and invest in demand gen, and that's what those colleges are doing, right? They have a captivated audience for a very specific, probably six month period, with mm -hmm. which they mm -hmm. can acquire um, an application from that that you know, student. And if they're not out actively leveraging data, targeting the right households with the right prospect incoming student um, with differentiated you know, content, um, speaking probably to different buckets of students, right? The student athlete versus the engineering, prospect engineering student versus the prospect comp lit student, et cetera. Right. Um, you know, it, then they're going to have a, a smaller bucket of students to choose from that potentially dilutes the quality of the, of, you know, of the workforce that they're putting out, which in turn cyclically affects, you know, the type of students that are interested in that university. All businesses, no different, right? In a restaurant, yeah. it's like if you, if, if you work hard to have people show up on a, Wednesday at 7 p.m. And, and the restaurant's half empty. Like, that's really bad, right? Like someone comes in and then immediately, at least I know with me, the first thing that I think is like this restaurant probably isn't very good if, if it's half empty, right? And so, right. you know, that's constant pressure to generate demand. That's why, you know, you and I talked before we got on air about, you know, I spent a lot of time in LA and they've mastered the, Hollywood's mastered the, you know, the red uh, velvet ropes and, and yeah. the old game would be like, like, you know, uh, in, you know, when I was you know, 22 year old and trying to figure out how to get into the fancy clubs, you had to go early. There'd be a, you know, a line around the corner at this club and then you finally get in and it would be half empty because they just wanted that line out in front of the club to make it seem like they were the hot club. And then maybe right. by like midnight, it was, you know, it was, you know, packed, um, you know, those tag, those, you know, um, that, that just, it just puts a ton of pressure on us as, as marketers or business owners. And, and yeah, you know, one of the, 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 I think the, the beauties of direct mail is, um, there was a time when it was a less expensive channel and there was a whole bunch of, of yeah. probably non-targeted, you know, non-quality, you know, designed ads that were coming at you, but th those days are long over. Part of it's just, you know, the cost of executing direct mail has gone up and you would think that would be a deterrent. But if, if you really, if you take a step back, what that's doing is that a, that's forcing us as marketers to be more invested in um, the design, the targeting, mm -hmm. the, you know, the messaging, the, you know, the segmentation, the way we're talking, you know, uniquely to different consumer or prospect segments. And, and, and so putting out quality content, like is always a winning strategy. 
doesn't mean everything, you know, individually, every touch point is going to be perfect, but, but that investment is always a winning strategy, just like investing in the decor and the theme of your restaurant is, and location is, is, you know, is, you know, uh, returns its value. You know, so does an investment in that, the content. The other thing that, that, that I learned very early on, um, you know, when launch, you know, after launching Posty is that the, the, the unique value of a well-designed direct mail ad is that it lives in your home oftentimes for as many as yeah, six or eight weeks. And I, I saw this um, actually, it wasn't a restaurant. It was a meal delivery company. When, it, when I, when I first started exploring this idea with my co-founder, I watched um, my wife. Um, she's, you know, a, she, she's you know, a general um, consumer. She's not a marketer. So she's not always like, I'm always like suspicious and, and uh, the way I interact with advertising yeah. is very different than I think um, the average consumer. And, and I saw a postcard um, that she had saved from a, a meal delivery, a, a fully prepped meal company. And that postcard sat on our kitchen table for probably three weeks. Right. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? And then, and then it ended up on like with a, a magnet on the refrigerator for a couple of weeks. And then, like five weeks later, I got a text saying, oh, hey, there's going to be a delivery um, today. Um, I tried this meal, this new meal delivery service. Th- yeah, the meals need to go in the refrigerator when they get there. Please put them in the refrigerator um, if, I, if I get home before she does. And I just watched it. It was an expensive order. She probably spent like $500 on, you know, yeah. this initial month of, of, of meal deliveries. And, and that direct mail ad probably got a thousand impressions every time we walked in, you know, back and forth in the kitchen, how many fingerprints were on it from picking it up and being like, wait, what is this again? Hmm. You know, um, and that we don't get from a digital ad that we don't get from a search ad, right? We search, we hit a, a search engine results page. Maybe we click through on a link. Maybe we don't. Certainly, yeah. you know, we might watch a YouTube video one time. We might, you know, see the same ad four or five times as we're scrolling through on on an Instagram ad or TikTok or TikTok feed or whatnot. Um, but you know, to have a media channel that actually can reach the right people and and have a long shelf life that you know eventually results in a meaningful conversion means that we have a shot to not just drive that conversion, but chances are that customer really is a high quality customer once they do convert because it's taken them some time and they've kind of yeah. like ruminated over that, that, you know, purchase decision. Yeah. That consideration factor. Yeah. I don't save many uh, digital ads that I come across on the internet. I don't hit save and put them somewhere and go <laughs> relook, relook at them later, but well, let, let's do this. Cause there literally is a lot more to talk about. So I want to bring you back a couple months uh, in the future and, and talk. I, I wrote down some stuff to follow up on strategy stuff, design messaging, there's so much more to talk about. So I want, I want to bring you back and do that. In the meantime, I want you to uh, send folks uh, to the website, to your social. Where can they find out more about you guys? What you got? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we work hard um, in publishing great content um, uh, on our website. Lots of case studies, use cases, information. Um, uh, it, and that's posty.com, P-O-S. T-I-E.com. It, it's honestly the best way to, to engage with us and, and see if um, you think that we might be um, worth engaging with. And um, and then if so, we make it really easy to, to um, request um, a conversation with our team right there. Yeah, I think I saw a book on there too. Is uh, like a download? Is that something people, folks can grab? Yeah. There are some ebooks. There, there's a, um, a restaurant um, vertical specific ebook. I think it's. Uh, I should should know this. I, I I'm so embarrassed at this point. Well, but, you send uh, me the link. We can put a link in the notes. That sort of thing. So uh, we'll be sure to do that. 
Absolutely. I think it's like this, this seven tactics that all restaurant marketers should um, consider. Uh, but um, yeah, and, and you'll see, we put a lot of time and energy into a, our own um, storytelling content research. And, um, and hopefully we can help you um, expand the way you're thinking about um, filling, putting butts in seats, I guess, as they say. Yeah. And the restaurants, that's, that's, that's what it's about. Getting folks in, getting them back. So appreciate it, Dave. Good stuff. Uh, folks, that was Dave Fink of Posty. You can find them on the web at posty.com. For more great restaurant marketing and service and people and tech tips, stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me.